Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett yeah. The man is a menace yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things Promise you, you won't regret it mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop Give him his props, here is a thought Here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all So don't even try, careful with the news But when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake Whoa, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Hey, fantasy round table Fantasy, fantasy round table Fantasy round table Come take a look at the crown, baby Go! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday and it is a mock draft Monday. Uh, Dennis and I are currently in the middle of running a uh, 12-team Superflex rookie mock. Uh, we'll take a look at that. We are also going to do uh, another rookie mock draft, a single QB rookie mock draft on Friday because it is officially rookie draft season. Uh, Dennis, I know I am in three currently with, uh, it feels like, uh, 75 more about to kick off. Um, how are, how are you doing? How many rookie drafts are you currently in? I'm, I'm currently in two, but this mock that we're doing, I'm like literally looking at sleeper on my phone and it never proceeded to my pick. It just moved to the pick after me from two picks before me and auto pick for me. I don't know what happened. Like it was literally right in front of me. I'm looking at it and just, I don't know. But anyways, I've completed two rookie drafts. I've got uh, two going on right now. And uh, as long as my wife isn't listening, I've got six, 16 more to go. If your wife is listening, just one more, just one, you know, you're going to be, pretty close to ready no i it feels like may is always that crazy month where you have uh, a million rookie drafts and then uh june and july are the months where you have uh some regret i think i've got at least three put off until june yeah i was pleasantly surprised i have a couple in june i've uh one in july um I made sure since all the leagues that I run to block out the week that we're going to be on a ship in the middle of the ocean because there's going to be no drafting happening uh, for me when we're on our cruise. But other than that, uh, you know, I, the couple that uh, have kicked off, it's been interesting. I've been middle of the pack um, picks. I don't know where you've been picking, um, but I feel I like I had the I'm- 112 in all of them as far as you know. I feel like I've gotten some interesting um, values. It's been interesting to see how people feel about this. It feels like some of the picks are all over the board, which we kind of said once you got past the top group, it felt like that was going to be this this kind of rookie draft and seems to be a little bit of uh, what we're seeing. Um, there is no real big news. Um uh, the NFL is set to release its schedule on Thursday, so I'm sure there will be some highlights. 
that we will touch on on Friday. Um, but I didn't see any real big news pieces unless you did, Dennis. I will put the draft up and we can look at the in-progress report. Nope. Nothing to speak of. It's kind of that time of the year, too, where you're you're not getting uh, as much in the way of news. But here is our, uh, our four-round draft, as you can see, uh, going on. Started a little bit earlier with a longer clock. Now folks are down to uh, just a couple of minutes. Um, but Dennis, first pick uh, of the draft, Anthony Richardson going one-on-one. What did you think of the pick? So I don't hate it. You know, when you're you're going you're looking for upside, you're looking for the highest possible ceiling. And while you don't want to be able to you don't want to miss on your um uh, on your early picks, the ceiling for Anthony Richardson is so high that it's worth taking the risk. I, I like B. John Robinson a lot. He's clearly the safest, probably most talented pick in the draft. But I don't hate going Richardson. And if I was picking the 101 10 times, I could see me going Richardson three times and Bijan seven times. To me, that kind of, you know, maybe two and eight, but somewhere I, I think that. You, you just take that shot with um, with Richardson. And, and who's the GM there in Indy? Ballard? You know, yeah, Ballard. He's, he's talking like when he come loose from day one and go. And and hopefully, if that's the case, they you know, put a package around him, play to his strengths, let him go and, and just make plays while he figures out how to be an NFL quarterback. So I'd say a lot of the rest of the first round seems to go, um, you know, the top of the first round goes about how you'd expect. We get Bijan there at two, Bryce Young at three, uh, Gibbs uh, there at four seems like a, a pretty solid pick. And then, um, you know, at five, went uh, with JSN before coming back to Stroud there at six. Those had seemed to be kind of the top six prospects. What do you think about the order uh, we got there? You know, we because of the way we started, we did have a couple auto picks here at the beginning. I, I think people are down on Stroud, so this isn't the type of um, – first half of round one that I, that I could see being just totally ludicrous and out there. Jameer Gibbs is set up to be a, a really, really nice play from day one. Jackson Smith and Jigba might take a little more time to get off the ground, but he's got high wide receiver two upside. And there's some concern that CJ Stroud just doesn't have, um, that he doesn't have the ceiling that, you know, Bryce Young or uh, Anthony Richardson have. So it, it it is something that I don't think is as far-fetched as it looks. I, I like C.J. Stroud. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to – he's going to step into a role. They're already talking about using him heavily in the slot. 
Uh, I don't think they're going to try to pound him up the middle. That's what they went and got David Montgomery for. Uh, you know, Montgomery's what, 5'11", 225 pounds. That's that's what he does. That's going to be his job this year, and we saw how successful uh, Jamal Williams was last season. So I think Richards, or not Richardson, Gibbs and Montgomery are going to make a nice pairing uh, for the Lions. I'm not concerned about Gibbs at all. So past that, uh, the top six, you know, you took Jordan Addison. Um, would he be, if, you know, the, the first six that went are probably the first six players we'd expect to go. Um, if all those guys were gone, would Addison is, I'm assuming Addison is the guy you're targeting? Yeah, it's it's it was between him and Johnston. And the reason I went Addison was I feel like he has a clearer path to playing time right now. He's going to be step into the wide receiver two role in Minnesota. He has to hold off KJ Osborne, who's for lack of a better term, kind of a journeyman. You know, he's been in, in the league a few years and broke out a little bit last season. I think Addison will be able to step in. He's a more talented uh, wide receiver than, than KJ Osborne. So I think he's going to do very well. Johnston, he seems like the heir apparent to Mike Williams. And, you know, Williams is almost 30. And so it looks like he's going to get his shot in Los Angeles, but it might not be for a year, year and a half, maybe even two years before he has the chance to step into that role fully. So I, I could see myself splitting between them at the 107, kind of 60-40 uh, towards Addison right now. And uh, as you are back up on the clock, I will let you make your selection. The rest of the first round plays out. Uh, we get Dalton Kincaid at uh, 108, then Quentin Johnson, 109, Devin Achain, 110, Zay Flowers, 111, and then I took Mingo at 112. I'll get to mine in a minute, but Dennis – I wanted to ask you, Dalton Kincaid, you know, we were uh, mildly surprised, not that he was the first tight end off the board in the NFL draft, but that Buffalo was the team that went up and get got him. To me, didn't feel like an ideal fit because I don't understand what they're planning. But what do you think of going up and getting him uh, in this spot here? And did you like the pick for the Bills? Well, my concern was that Buffalo has an established tight end in Dawson Knox. Um, the the receiving runs through Stefan Diggs. Now, they clearly have an opportunity for a wide receiver, too, as Gabe Davis has not shown the consistency, I think, that they're looking for. And, and so it, it felt like a, a weird pick to go and grab Dalton Kincaid. Now, he's kind of a tight end in the Mark Andrews vein a receiver first going to uh not do a lot of blocking and today i was listening to fantasy dirt with uh, uh michael fabiano and they had joe biscaglia biscaglia uh from the from uh i think he, he covers buffalo for espn and he said that they're gonna run more two tight end sets and that kincaid is gonna run a lot out of the slot that he's gonna be the primary a receiving tight end. That's how they plan to use him. So it makes sense. You know, they're going to, they were one of the lowest uh, percentage teams running 12 
uh, personnel last season and, and in the Josh Allen era, to be fair. And they're making a change in kind of how they're approaching their offense. And they're going to run it more in part because they're bringing in a really, really good receiving tight end. So in a in a tight end premium league, I think that this is a, a really nice spot to grab Dalton Kincaid. Now, I've lately been on a, an anti-tight end um, crusade, and I don't know that I would have taken him there, but people who like to draft tight ends, uh, I, I understand why you would take him there. So for me, when I got to, to my pick there at the end of the round, seeing everyone that had gone, Bingo is a player that uh, I actually Team have. wide receiver. Well, you know, I think it's a combination. His value has come up for me because of his draft capital and landing spot. He was taken to the top of the second round, but also going to Carolina. We have talked about the kind of dearth of weapons. DJ Moore went to Chicago. Chark is there, but we haven't seen a lot from him the last couple of years. Thielen is there, but he's getting older. Uh, you know, LaVisca Chenault um, is there. Shai Smith is there. Terrace Marshall, guys who we've never really uh, seen do a lot. So I think there's an excellent opportunity for him to grow with the young quarterback and to have an opportunity. I thought there at the end of the first round seemed like a good spot to grab him. I know you were high on him pre-draft, so I'm sure you're you're uh, not uh, opposed to that pick. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of where Mingo's going uh, late first, early second. I could see, you know, Kendra Miller, Zach Charbonnet, um, even Tank Bigsby are guys I think that are going up there. Um, that even Jalen Hyatt, you know, for him to go at the two twelve, uh, foreshadowing here. Yeah, uh, I I've seen some of him going going much higher than that. So I, Mingo is a guy that I really like, and if I'm picking there at the back end of the first, um, I, I really. You know, weighing Zay Flowers, who landed in Baltimore, that runs their passing offense through Mark Andrews and signed to OBJ, has Rashad Bateman returning from injury and is sub 5'10 and 185 pounds. He's got a lot going against him. And so I, I'm more of a Mingo guy. You know, Mingo has to basically beat out Terrace Marshall Jr. Now they've got a rookie quarterback in Bryce Young coming in. Uh, you know, he didn't just sign a, what, a $175 million guaranteed contract like Lamar Jackson. But I think Mingo has the opportunity. He may face plant. You know, he, he didn't always play up to his um, measurables uh, when he was in college. But he's got a, an opportunity to become the wide receiver one in Carolina now that DJ Moore is gone. When we get to the second round, um, you know, Kendra Miller goes 2 1, Josh Downs uh, 2 2, Michael Mayer 2 3, Rashi Rice 2 4, Zach Charbonnet goes 2 5, and Jaden Reed 2 6. So in the top half of the second round, see a lot of guys. Uh, that, you know, based on their landing spots, have some potential and upside. Any of those picks uh, stick out to you? You know, I like the Kendra Miller pick, but I think 
much like Zach Charbonnet, I think you're going to have to be patient with him. He's landed in a pretty good spot. They've got an aging Jamal Williams and an aging Alvin Kamara, who's potentially looking at a six to eight game suspension. So Miller may get some opportunity and, and who knows, he may not let it go once he, once he gets a hold of it. I think Charbonnet is going to be the 1B in Seattle. He's going to be the passing down back. Kenneth Walker is going to be the early down back. Charbonnet is not as explosive as Kenneth Walker, but he's a good all-around back. And so I think that Seattle is going to use him. Rashi Rice, to me, I would have probably taken him over Josh Downs because he has the opportunity to climb up the depth chart in Kansas City. While Kadarius Toney was a first-round draft pick, he hasn't showed the ability to stay healthy or be consistent in any fashion. MVS has not, you know, he is who he is at, at this point in his career. Sky Moore has not established himself as someone who um, – can't be beaten. So I think Rice, who is a a bulldog player, you know, six foot two oh four, he'll go up and fight for the ball. He runs good routes. He's got good speed. Um, Josh Downs is kind of the same way as when it comes to battling as Rice. He's just five foot ten and one hundred and eighty pounds, or five foot nine and one hundred and eighty pounds. And so he's going to go into the slot in Indianapolis. And one of the things Anthony Richardson does not do very well yet is throw short to intermediate passes. He's got a great deep ball. And so I think that's going to work out good for Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce, but I don't know how well it's going to work for uh, Josh Downs in the slot. Now the back half of the second round, I actually thought we got some, some really good values. We'll come back to yours in a minute. I, I liked where Marvin Mims went. I've seen him in the rookie drafts I've done go uh, up higher higher than a lot of these receivers that have gone before him in the second round. I'm starting to come around on that pick. Will Levis, interesting character. You know, if we were doing this mock draft at this time three months ago, he's probably somewhere up in the first round. I thought that was pretty excellent value at the end of the second round for a prospect that got decent draft capital, has an opportunity, but we're not super certain on. Did you like Levis's landing spot there in the draft, uh, in this draft, you know, back half of the second? And then tell us a little bit about what you were thinking when you grabbed uh, Tank Bigsby. So I have been seeing Levis go probably four to six picks earlier for the most part. Um, It's still a super flex league. You still need two quarterbacks. He does have a lot of physical tools. It's going to come down to whether or not they can be developed at the NFL level. Uh, I think he's ahead of Malik Willis as far as development goes. Uh, I know they've already said, you know, Willis is the two and Levis is the three. But I, I, I don't think it's going to be that way long. I do think if uh, Ryan Tannehill can't stay healthy or plays bad, this season Tennessee is going to have a rough go of it at the quarterback position. Um, But I I think at the end of the second round, grabbing Will Levis is a great, great pick. Um, Ty J. Spears is a guy that I've seen go in the third in most of the drafts I've been in. 
Uh, I think that that knee with the the you know no cartilage and no tendons is really scaring people off. That and he's behind the the most prominent workhorse back in the NFL. Is this the year Derrick Henry finally falls off a cliff? Great question. You know he he's a beast. So Spears could get twenty carries this year. And now obviously, if he's not getting a lot of carries, there's not going to be a lot of wear and tear on that knee. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, Spears, Spears scares me. I, I, I see Jay Ajayi, uh, but not quite as good. So uh, I'm not really getting much for Sp- Spears. I agree with you. I'd have probably had Mims, uh, above downs and rice. That's kind of where I have him in my rankings. As far as tank Bigsby goes, I think he's a, he landed in a spot with a head coach that likes to use two running backs. And again, it's another situation where you have somebody with complementary skills like Kendra Miller uh, that is going to step into a role from day one. I mean, I feel pretty comfortable that at six foot, 200, 211 pounds, probably 215 by the time the season rolls around, the Tank Bigsby is going to put Jamichael Hasty. Oh, and who's the other person? They got oh, uh, Dearness got- Johnson. I, I I feel pretty comfortable that Tank Bigsby is going to put them uh, down the depth chart. Travis Etienne does some things really well. He runs really, really fast in a straight line. Can catch the ball decent. He's not a great inside runner. Tank Bigsby is one of the better inside runners coming out in this draft. Uh he got a, a lot of yardage. I think I think I heard he was 19th in the NCAA in yards after contact. There's an awful lot of running backs in the NCAA. That's a pretty good stat. I like Bigsby. He's kind of old school, old style, you know, bang it. I don't know that he's going to have a 10-year career, but I think in the hashtag two- to three-year window, uh, I like where Tank Bigsby landed, and I like the opportunity he's going to get. Yeah, you mentioned the backs behind him. I think, you know, Jamichael Hasty probably did better than a lot of people expected last year because he was there was yeah. nothing back there. But Dearness Johnson is a guy that we had seen do some things in Cleveland. I was waiting to see if when he got away from Cleveland or if Cleveland moved on from Chubb, if he would get a chance. And I think that the drafting of Bigsby – in addition to where he ended up signing, feels like it sort of killed that. Um, at the end of the round, you referenced before, I got Jalen Hyatt. I thought that was a pretty good value, although not to me unexpected where where he is. Um, you know, I think we had questions about Hyatt as an NFL prospect coming out. He lands in a decent spot, except for, as you have pointed out, the New York Giants have approximately 750 uh, slot wide receivers. So uh, I thought it was decent value for where I got him. When you're at the end of the second, and especially as you make this turn into the third, I think what we have talked about is you just have to look for maybe some lottery tickets. And in a super flex league, you know, when we turned to the third round, I liked uh, that Groovy Booty was able to get Hendon Hooker there at 3-2. I don't think that's a bad spot. Probably not a guy you're going to see on the field this season, barring some kind of major injury, but there is some potential there. I like the Stetson Bennett pickup, especially in super flex that fantasy, I think it's Goo right 
did uh, at pick three eight. But you know, probably my favorite pick here in this round is our friend uh, Matt Bruning, who took Zach Evans, uh, the running back for the Rams, at three oh three. How about you, Dennis? Any third round picks that uh, stood out to you? So I I like the Roshan Johnson pick. And I know one of my uh, favorite players, Dante Foreman, is there in front of him. Um, but, there, you know, it isn't like if Chicago likes what they see out of Johnson that they can't just get rid of Foreman. Uh, Foreman's contract isn't prohibitive to him being cut. But another thing is that Roshan Johnson is a really good third down back despite being six foot and 219 pounds. You know, he came into college as a quarterback, and so he sees the field as a quarterback. I almost think Khalil Herbert is more of the early down back, and Roshan Johnson is the passing down back, should they decide to move on from Deontay Foreman. So I, I, I like that pick in the third round. I have been unable so far to pick up any shares of Hendon Hooker because I just haven't been willing to reach. I really liked Hendon Hooker. I like him better than Levis. Um, and I just, But I just have not been able to, to grab any. Zach Evans, great landing spot. Um, but, you know, he didn't, he didn't establish himself the way I would have liked to have seen him establish himself in college. He was a, a highly regarded recruit went to SMU, and then when Kendra Miller came in and played well, he was like, well, I'm out of here. Then he went to Ole Miss and had a three-star recruit basically, you know, taking his lunch money and making him split time. The things that Zach Zach Evans does are pretty much the same things that uh, Cam Akers does. Now, I could see – a year where, you know, Akers is in his contract season. He's going to want to try to play well to get a a new contract. So I could see Akers balling out this year and then moving on next year and Evans moving up, uh, moving up to the starter next year. Uh, I don't know if if that's going to happen. You know, like I said, he, he seemed unable to, to, put a chokehold on, on the position in college. So uh, I want to see how he does uh, in, in the NFL. So when you get to the last round here, fourth round, it's really even more about kind of looking for lottery tickets. And that's really what I did uh, probably with both my, my, 312 and 412. You know, I took Eric Gray uh, when I saw him there. I would have probably taken Deuce Vaughn if he hadn't gone right in front of me. But Eric Gray, um, you know, I think there's opportunity there potentially behind uh, Saquon Barkley if anything happened to him. But then in the last round, Sean Tucker, a guy that obviously has some huge medical questions, but was an undrafted free agent signee by the Buccaneers. Um, Pretty decent contract, if I recall. I, I think I looked it up, said it was 155000 yeah. You know, I thought that was worth it for me at the end of draft lottery ticket. But I noticed also when you're looking down here in the fourth round, one of the ones that jumps out to me, Matt got Cedric Tillman here, not because of what an incredible value it is, but just it feels like he's a player that has dropped off a ton due to 
draft capital and landing spot, uh, a player that we kind of liked and thought was rising up our wide receiver rankings going into the draft. Dennis, what do you make of the kind of slipping here for Cedric Tillman? And are there any fourth round picks that you really liked? So the only reason Cedric Tillman slipped in this draft was because of the thing I was bitching about at the beginning of the show. Tillman was my pick in the third round, but because my phone was being weird and didn't update and I auto drafted Brenton strange, I didn't pick Tillman. So I would have taken Tillman at the three Oh seven. Some people are scared off uh, because of his landing spot more. So I think than his actual draft capital because he's got to beat out Donovan peoples Jones and to, to, he has to earn the targets over people's Jones. They've got Amari Cooper. Who's going to be there for at least a couple more years, but also you have to believe that Deshaun Watson is going to return to his early career Houston form where he was a top five uh, fantasy quarterback. He didn't play like that last year. So if you're adding in, well, he's behind Donovan Peoples-Jones, and I don't know if he can can take that spot away from him, and Deshaun Watson doesn't look like the quarterback he used to be, it kind of makes sense why he's fallen some. Um, like I said, he wouldn't have fallen to the fourth if, if I hadn't gotten auto-picked. Um, I like Kayshawn Butte. I, I don't know if it's going to be a good match in New England, New England is notoriously bad at drafting wide receivers, but maybe because he was drafted later, he's going to have, he'll be able to kind of move up and, and become uh, someone who earns targets in New England. Trey Palmer, you know, I was listening to John Hansen on Sirius XM and he kept referring to Trey Palmer as Trey always open Palmer you know, he ended up, I, I forget, he was playing in the SEC, I think, and then he went up to uh, Nebraska to finish out his career. I like Palmer. Again, he's another one of these uh, slight receivers. I don't know if I would have taken Sean Tucker over Dwayne McBride. The health issues, I know he got a big free agent guarantee, but the health issues are still there. He does have a, a an opportunity to become the RB two in Tampa and potentially push Rashad white for the RB one spot. And he's got decent size five, nine, two Oh seven. So there's, there's going to be an opportunity there and he's got track speed. So uh, I don't hate that spot. Well, I was either uh, taking that or taking a, a quarterback that probably is never going to see the field. I didn't see a whole lot of other things that, that I thought were sure bets, so I figured it you was know, worth For me, Hutchin- Xavier Hutchinson uh, landed in Houston, which is wide open. You know, They've got C.J. Stroud. It's Nico Collins. It's Robert Woods. It's Tank Dell. There's plenty. I, Hutchinson has kind of been my go-to round four pick lately. Uh, I, he's got good size, 6'1", 205, runs well, got lots of experience. It wouldn't surprise me if the top two receivers in Houston are Hutchinson and John Mechie this year. So I thought one thing that might be kind of interesting before we uh, we bounce out of here is I pulled up our uh, – no, hopefully this will work. Hopefully the draft – yes, it looks like it changed. Indeed. 
I pulled up the last uh, Superflex mock that we did pre-NFL draft, and I thought it might be interesting just to kind of go back and remember and see um, where we're at. So the first round, you were the one-on-one. You took Bijan. We saw Bryce Young go two, uh, JSN three, Stroud four, Gibbs five, then Richardson going six. I took Addison seven. So you have the same top seven, but a slightly different order. I think we would agree one of the biggest draft capital jumps, especially in Superflex, has been Richardson based on his landing spot. Yeah, and then you know behind Quentin Johnson still there, but then Levis, Charbonnet. Flowers was still, ironically, in a, exactly the same spot. And Mayer, not too far off. But, you know, it seems like in the first round, one of the biggest jumps was Richardson. Probably biggest fallers from our pre-draft values have been Levis and Charbonnet. Is that kind of how you're feeling, too? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Charbonnet has, has suffered from an overreaction. I think that late first round is still a great place to take him. And if I'm a contender and I'm picking at the, you know, the 109, 110, 111, and I'm looking to add depth, Charbonnet is a, a, a great depth guy. Does it mean that Pete Carroll doesn't really believe in Kenneth Walker because he spent that draft capital on Charbonnet? I don't know. Pete Carroll does some weird shit, man. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not quite sure. You know, Levis – Dropping into the second round, you know, he, he just – so the, there's talk out there Tennessee was trying to trade back up into the first round, but nobody would trade out so they could take Levis there. Would would we have – my question is, would we, would we be seeing Levis drop to the late second if Tennessee had traded into the first round for him? I mean, I don't love his – his landing spot, I still think, you know, there's probably still some potential. And in Superflex, I wouldn't, I, I don't have him down um, at the end of the second round, but I do think he's probably a second round, probably top half. Second round is kind of where I would have more expected him. But honestly, I, you know, I think Matt mentioned this the last time we were on. The three of us were a little bit lower on. Will Levis than some other people in general. It's just interesting. I think the first Superflex rookie mock that we did back in January, you saw Bijan go and then four quarterbacks in a row. Yep. And so he was already sliding down because you can see here, uh, you know, a late March draft. I believe we did this at the end of March. Might have a date on it. It doesn't say up there. He was already sliding down, uh, and then I think he would have continued to slide a little bit. Uh, a couple other values that kind of stick out looking at this uh, after how things fell. You see Sam Laporta here going 310. I think he's going much higher. People very bullish on that landing spot. He's going much higher among tight ends. But I forgot, this was the draft where you nailed getting your, your boy Jonathan Mingo there at 401. Good luck if you're hoping to get him there now. This kind yeah. of reminds me of like the early uh, rookie drafts a few years ago where I remember there was a couple drafts, end of the third, early fourth, I got Antonio Gibson. And by the time you got to July, he's going like in the top nine picks. Right. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, looking back, those those were the salad days, that's for sure. Anyway, I thought it would be just a little bit uh, of fun to uh, 
to get a look at those values. So overall, Dennis, what are you um, what are you feeling as you're going into kind of these rookie drafts uh, and rookie draft season? You know, it drops off pretty hard at the end of the second round, beginning of the third round. You know, there's definitely some teardrops along the way that that uh, make sense for you to try to trade back. Because of the, the talent in this draft isn't super high end, it's definitely a get-your-guy draft. You know, who do you like? I like Jonathan Mingo. I'm trying to get him. I like Cedric Tillman. I'm going and getting him maybe a half a round earlier. It, it's it's just a, a draft that you take a look at and you just, you know, if you've done your evaluation, does it matter that, you know, you're, you're taking Tank Bigsby ahead of some of these other guys? Now, I feel like Bigsby fell in this draft. Probably I still I still struggle with Devin A chain. Yeah. He's super explosive. He fits that Miami offense perfect. But they also have two guys ahead of him that fit that offense perfectly. Um and are experienced and bigger. You know, A chain at 188 pounds is kind of nerve-wracking. I a lot, I've been seeing some talks about, you know, he, how well he's going to do. And it's like, I don't know, you're, you're projecting him to be Warwick Dunn. And, and I don't know that that's who he is or, or what he has. A, another guy that I don't see taking a single share of is Deuce Vaughn. Like, he's a kick returner. That's what the Cowboys are going to do with him. He'll get some manufactured snaps. I don't see any path to volume. If, if you put him in your lineup, you're literally hoping that the gadget play goes for a touchdown. So I went to look. Uh, one of the rookie drafts I'm in is 12-team, 1QB. Um, I don't think we have any special scoring. I had pick eight, so I came up at eight. Uh, the real-life uh, – this, uh, this is a real-life rookie draft. Uh, Bijan went first. Jordan Addison went 102, um, which was interesting. Uh, Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs went uh, 103. So that's a one QB draft? Yeah, it's a one QB draft. Uh, JSN, four. Quentin Johnson, five. Charbonnet went six still. Lindsay Flowers. Then I came up. I'm pretty good on wide receivers. Running backs, I have Tony Pollard and Nick Chubb. And beyond that, I, I need depth. But I happen to have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, so you know who I took. Devin Aitian, yeah. I thought I felt like that. It I almost took Mingo anyway, but I thought that made the most sense to me because it's almost a ridiculous. I have three, but I'm hoping for one. Well, I, I think too. There's times when you have to really take into consideration the team building aspect of playing fantasy football. And if, if you don't think that guy is going to drop to you, then you have to go up and get him. I I've been, I, I haven't really worked very hard in any of my drafts to do much trading. It, it the, the tiers are wide enough for me that if I'm not picking in the top, 
Like if I'm at 105, I've had a couple 105s. I'm okay taking CJ Stroud there. You know, in in super flex leagues. So my uh, my other picks so far that I've gotten at 208, I got Marvin Mims, uh, and then at 301, I got Jalen Hyatt. My last pick in that draft is 408. I'm one pick away. I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to get. It's so. Um, you have kind of talked me into Xavier Hutchinson. I'm going to go look and see. I don't think. Oh no, he just went so. You talk somebody else into him, but it's been interesting seeing um, where everything has been falling uh, and where, you know, people have kind of clung on to um, players and, and like you said, kind of going and getting their guys absent super flex drafts. We've seen some really interesting picks, which will be what we'll look at Friday. We will do a one QB version of a rookie draft, and I'm going to be curious to see where people are taking some of these prospects um, and where they're falling. And then starting next week, and, you know, we did this last year, and we had a lot of fun with it, so we're looking forward to doing it. We are going to be ranking and grading uh, units on uh, NFC and AFC teams. My uh, unit gets an A. Indeed. That's my life. Indeed. Uh, but we will be starting with NFC quarterback groups, and it's not just the starting quarterback. It's the quarterback room, so it'll be interesting to see how that – and after last year's somewhat confusion, I think we added great clarity. When we do pass catchers, it will be wide receivers and tight ends together so uh, that we don't have the – some of us – separating the tight ends some of us thinking about the tight ends so maybe it'll create great clarity but that'll be something fun to look at before we start doing team previews as we're going through the summer looking at how drafts and free agency have changed these rooms quarterbacks uh, is a little more straightforward but when you get into running backs and pass catchers i've started looking and thinking about this and there are some tough rooms out there yeah Definitely tough. a tough crowd. So I, I do, I did a a one QB draft. We completed it uh, at the end of last week, and I had a bunch of picks. I'm in a rebuild: 103, 104, 107, 109, and 112. So as a one QB, Bijan and Gibbs go one and two. Because I'm in rebuild, I just was like, I'm not going to trade up uh, as much. I'm, I just don't want to pay the capital to go up. So I did take uh, Smith and Jigba at three, and then I took Jordan Addison at four. I I feel like while Addison isn't quite as athletic as Zay Flowers, his, his landing spot is so much better. I, I don't know. I haven't gotten Quentin Johnston yet in any drafts, and I may regret that at some point. But I also, when I did, I do need some help in running back in that league. I went Devin A. Chain as the RB3 at 107, in part because I feel like he's going to get solid playing time. Uh, And then there's guys that I drafted behind him that I think are going to get solid playing time, but I felt would still be there. So I actually took Zach Charbonnet at the 109. Then I took Tank Bigsby at the 112. So I've added good depth to my running back room. In the second round, I had the 204 in the 209, and I added Jonathan Mingo and Cedric Tillman. So, I think that's great value getting Mingo all the way down there, although you, yeah. you helped yourself out by taking all the running backs up in the first round. Well, 
and then I, I went back and double dipped on running backs again in, in the third round. I took Zach Evans at 103 and Dwayne McBride at 107. I think if the Vikings cut bait on Dalvin Cook, I think McBride is going to have a substantial role being paired up with uh, Alexander Madison. I hope somewhere in the fourth round you got Kenny McIntosh so you can have a handcuff to a handcuff. No, I only had one fourth round pick and I took Xavier Hutchinson. There you go. Well, hopefully you're excited for rookie draft season. If you're waiting for that rookie draft to start and waiting for that rookie draft mock, Dennis, what can the people do? They can go to uh, their favorite uh, podcast platform, look for the fantasy football round table, hit that subscribe button, leave us a rate and a review. Uh, you know, listen, don't listen. We prefer that you do listen, but as long as you download, we'll accept that. Well, that's going to do it for us today. We will be back on Friday with another mock draft. Until then, hope you guys have a great week.